Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. As always, my name is Perry Rockwood, and tonight I'm joined by two very special guests, um, two of my best and longtime friends, Tyson Shepard and Junior Condon. Well, yeah, thank you guys so much for being on here. Glad to have you guys on because we always... For like the last 10 to 15 years, we've just always been giving our takes about basketball to each other. So this would be a good platform for us. Uh, what we wanted to do tonight was do a Western Conference regular season preview. And really want to stress the fact that these takes that we're giving are based on the regular seasons. So just to set things up, how we're going to do it is we have a list of the 15 teams in the Western Conference, and we're just going to go um, kind of like a draft one by one, and we're going to draft the seeds of, of where we think these teams will end up by the end of the season. Um, and we'll kind of give our takes on why we're picking them. Uh, Junior got lucky enough to get the first pick for tonight's draft. So, Junior, who are you taking off the board first? Okay, well... You guys don't know. I'm a big Laker fan, like Perry. Usually, I don't think LeBron tries to really go for the number one seed, but I think it's a little different this year. I think uh, the team's hungry. Everyone's kind of writing writing them off with the new acquisition of uh, Russell Westbrook. I think I think he's just going to kind of be their anchor and just take care. To take care of the regular season and I mean as long as they're all healthy it's going to be easy wins I also don't think it would be uh, too far off for a Lillard trade to still happen towards the deadline what and for real I think it's still possible with who maybe what? not Lillard but at the same time LeBron and AD and Russ they've been all doing the posting stuff on Instagram and going to uh, Rams games. So at the same time, I don't know. It, it might be – that might be who they're planning on going with for the playoffs. But I'm going to take I'm going to take the Lakers with the, the first pick. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a safe pick. That's who I have first on my board as well. I, I would agree that as far as the regular season goes, I think Westbrook's going to be a huge upgrade for them. They yeah. also added a ton of ton more pieces, like a, a lot of supporting cast. And I think it'll work really well with just like Russ could, you know what he can do with it, with his passing and they got some shooters and they got some guys that can score when LeBron or AD or take a little bit of time off or, you know, it, Anthony Davis is always hurt. We're forgetting something. Junior just, uh, Junior just skipped over, over it pretty casually, but something that, uh, I'm thinking about here is that's the problem. You're going to have Anthony Davis out for at least 30 games this season. We've seen it time and time again. I think Charles Barkley said it best when he called him Anthony Street Clothes Davis. But, uh, but that's that, that's what Russell Westbrook's for. He's he's that regular season try hard, uh, go hard all the time. And LeBron's always playing. I mean, he's he's been a little dinged up uh, last couple of years, but or two of the last three years. But for the most part, known to be out there. I think if they're healthy, I'm, I'm with you guys both. But I, I'm just going to say this: if I'm if I'm placing a bet in Vegas right now, 
my guess is that you're going to have a combination of, of at least 35 missed games with a combination of either LeBron or Anthony Davis alone. If something happens to Russ on that team and they're going to go through a stretch of two of those three guys out at any time, and it's, it's going to happen. There's going to be a time where LeBron and AD are both out at some point next season. It's going to happen, and the Lakers, I think, are going to run into what they ran into last year where they're scrapping to get into the playoffs at the end. Dude, and they and they can't even turn it turn to Caruso anymore to be their go-to guy when those two guys are out. <laughs> They're done with that Caruso. <laughs> I mean, I totally get what you're saying, Tyson. I do think injury injuries have have killed them. I think if they if they are healthy, so last year they finished as the seventh seed in the West and had to do the playing game, and that was definitely due to. Um, injuries before before injuries LeBron was pretty much the front runner right behind Embiid um, until Embiid got hurt to be MVP and they the Lakers were just rolling and they were doing really well and so this team does completely 100% come down to health I do hope that LeBron does take it a little bit easier this year so that when it really does count which is the playoffs He's 100% ready to go. Do you think that LeBron and Westbrook can coexist in the playoffs? Like, do you think LeBron will finally be able to be that one teammate that can hold Russ in check at the end of a game where he doesn't do a crazy Westbrook thing and throw the game away? Yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down. Yeah, is he gonna is he going to buy in? And is it like, is he going to sacrifice some of his stats in order to win, you know? But I don't know. It, it's tough because I don't think so. But I think that's a, I think that Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Russell Westbrook, I think it's enough to win the Western Conference. That's why I, I still think that, that they're all I healthy. Still, that they're all healthy. Yes. LeBron and AD could still win the Western Conference. But um, if they were healthy, that's why I, I still think that Lillard trade is – I still think it's a possibility. Tyson, if you're the Lakers and let's say let's say the Blazers, just things just don't go well at the beginning of this year and Dame's like, all right, like I'm done. Do you throw everything you can to get Lillard, like Westbrook, whoever you need to throw to get him? Yeah, if I'm Lakers management, that's my thought because – LeBron's window is running out. I would say, you know, he's maybe got four more or five more years tops, but I would say two to three more years where he can be the floor general and play the minutes he's playing now. So if you want to capitalize on LeBron who you've built this team around, I mean, if any, if any opportunity to bring Lillard or even somebody, you know, a tier below Lillard in, you got to do what you got to do because you've got two to three years, I think, for the Lakers to make a run here. All right. So we got, we got the Lakers off the board. We'll move on to the second pick. Tyson, who you got for the second seed? This was tough for me because I, I'm worried that my next pick is going to get taken, but I think I'm just going to go with the obvious, the obvious pick to me. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. I think that, well, some teams, I, I think we just talked about it with the Lakers. We talked about the health side of things, but I also think that a lot of teams, especially with veteran players like Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers or LeBron with the Lakers, they don't necessarily sprint through the postseason. I mean, I'm sorry, through the regular season, but I do think what we're going to see is uh, the Suns are going to have something to prove because they feel like they, they, they had their chance last year and it just slipped away from them. Like I just mentioned with LeBron, 
Uh, Chris Paul kind of goes in that same category. His window is, is very small, and I think that his teammates recognize that. And they've got good players around him. I mean, DeAndre Ayton turned into a stud last year in the playoffs. And on top of that, Devin Booker is a, a superstar in the league. So I think you have a young team there with a, an elite veteran player that uh, is going to kind of have that hangover from the, the finals last year. And they're going to come into the season hungry and want to want to lock down those playoff spots as early as they can. So I'm going to go with the Suns behind the Lakers for the two seed. Junior, what stood out to you the most last year with the Suns finals run? What kind of, was it Aiden's development? Was it Booker really taking that next, next step or just kind of the whole team as a whole and how good they worked together? Aiden and Booker were great, but I think it was their defense, really. They just, mm-hmm. they were, they played solid all around defense and they shot the lights out. <laughs> I had a hard time picking between the, them and the Lakers for the one seed. I do think they're hungry, and I think they're dangerous still in the playoffs. Booker and Aiden got that playoff experience, and CP3 was—I mean, he was banged up in the last in the last postseason run. I, they're they're young, hungry. I think they'll have a good regular season record for sure. Tyson, is Chris Paul still your favorite 2K player of all time? It's close, man. I like on the new games you can you can pick like classic teams or classic players. I go back to the Hornets, Chris Paul, and I, I haven't met someone that can hang with him. It's, that was uh, the best. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I I love Chris Paul, man, and I, I just that's another reason I'm doubling down on the Suns. The level that he plays at, like he doesn't he doesn't need to score 30 points, and he recognizes that he just he's out there to essentially you know facilitate on the floor amongst a, a team of of young superstars. So. That's my clear cut, I think, uh, number two pick. And I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if they make a run for that one seed as well. Do you guys think if Chris Paul doesn't win a championship before he retires that he still goes down as a top five point guard or top 10? Um, it's close. I would say top 10 for sure. Top five, it's, it's you're, you're kind yeah, of top five it. is sketchy, but I mean, I would have to I would have to see a list and. Because once you get up, once you get up to the the top five in any position, you have to account for champ at least one championship. Like, but but skill level, I mean, top ten for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you could like. It's tough to say. I think before, like you had the next wave of guys like Steph Curry and Dame come into the league, but I think he was the best point guard of our era. That's that's my take on it. I think that I would agree. You, you can make I. Like I said, where it gets a little tough is if, if Steph Curry, you know, falls into that category, I would say Steph Curry is probably a better point guard because of the championships he has uh, over Chris Paul. But no, he's he's top 10 for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say the early 2010s, Chris Paul had it. And then when Curry just completely changed the entire NBA and how it's played, I think he's kind of dominated the later part of the 2010s. But we into the 2020s, but we have just such amazing point guards and just guards in general in the league right now. It's just going to be in really good hands. All the players in the league are just getting so good. I know. It's it's so much fun. Um, and with that being said, I do want to talk about somebody who I think is going to be a dark horse for this year's MVP with the third seed. So we got the Lakers and the Suns already. And for the third, I'm going with the Utah Jazz. My dark horse MVP for this season is Donovan Mitchell. The, oh, only wow. re- the only reason why I say that 
is because obviously he's not one of the main guys you would think about, like everybody's saying right now, like Luca, Giannis, even Tatum or um, Embiid if he's healthy this year. But, dude, Donovan Mitchell has been so good in the playoffs. Like even his rookie year and last year, he just dominated in the playoffs. But he doesn't only dominate in the playoffs, he does it the whole year. And each year he's been getting better and better. He's obviously crazy athletic. Now he's hitting step back threes and pull up jumpers. He literally reminds me of Dwayne Wade, but with a better jumper. Obviously he's not to the quickness or athleticism yet that Dwayne Wade was at and his footwork was just crazy. But he has Dwayne Wade mentoring him now as Dwayne Wade is now part of the um, ownership of the jazz and I know I read an article that that's the reason why they brought Dwayne Wade in is because he is a huge mentor to Donovan Mitchell and you can tell by the way that he plays um, the only oh yeah the jazz are always so good um, during the regular season they always have one of the best home records in the NBA but I wanted to get your guys's thoughts why don't you think the jazz play style translates to playoff wins. I'm with you on Mitchell. The one thing I always look at in an MVP, and this is why I think LeBron should have won uh, way more MVPs than he was credited to along the way. I think if you look at a team, when a player's missing in a significant game, and then you watch the, you know, I guess the next game when they're back, I forget if it was in the, uh, I think it was, was it in the first or the second round of the playoffs? But I remember that Mitchell missed the first game. Yeah, the first round he was out. And it was really controversial. And then he came back like mid-series. And you just saw the instant impact he had. And that guy shot lights out in the playoffs, man. Yeah, he's, he's just amazing. And he's going to be a beast for a long time in the league. Junior, do you think that you can win a final series with Gobert as your starting center? I mean, that's exactly what I was going to get to. I mean – they're they're a great regular season team and they uh, they play great defense and Gobert's just he stuffs everything but I mean once you get to the playoffs and I think he just gets so limited uh you game plan to stop him and I mean well you don't game plan to stop him but you have some sort of plan to stop him from getting boards and he's pretty useless <laughs> yeah well <laughs> think, because so. literally the only way he can score too is off putbacks or like lobs uh-huh and dude in the playoffs you got to be able to create your own shot and even if you're a big man like, yeah and yeah you just can't do that so we'll see i feel like i feel like i have a lot of friends who are utah big utah jazz fans just because my family's in utah but I feel like Utah fans are always saying, oh, just keep the same core, give them one more year, give them one more year. And it's like, yeah, they'll get first or second seed again, and then they'll get a second round exit again. Like they always do. And I feel like the same thing this year will happen. The only, the only people that they got in the offseason were Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, and Eric Paschal. Yeah, so like, I mean. It's not going to move the needle for you. Even if you take Gobert out. Whiteside is much the worst version of Gobert. Yeah, it's not much of it. Like, so they're definitely sticking. They're trying to stick with, they're like no small ball or none of that, I guess. I'm just kind of thinking of like if they could actually make a run to the finals. And I guess, I guess my thought on that would be I think if they have the roster they have now, 
they could kind of be the the Cinderella team in the West that makes a move, kind of like the the Hawks did last year. I think that Donovan Mitchell, you know, if he if he goes from what he was last year and takes that a step, you know, a step up this season, he could be the difference in you know moving up maybe another series in the playoffs. But I think they're a superstar away at least from mm-hmm. uh, at least competing with you know the the Lakers or the Suns uh, or you know God knows some of the other teams on the East. Uh, you know, from contending for a, a championship. And I'll be excited to see kind of what they do after this season because they really do have some good trade pieces. Like, if you think about it, there's a lot of teams that would be interested in somebody like uh, Bogdanovich, who's been huge for the Jazz. He's been really good for them. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, who won sixth man of the year, even Gobert. So there will definitely be um some some interest from teams around the league if they want to keep Mitchell in Utah long term they're gonna they're gonna like Tyson said you can have a great regular season team but when you have a superstar player like Donovan Mitchell who's just a special talent if you're not winning playoff series they're not gonna want to stick around we'll take them off the list and we'll uh right now they're at the third seed um so junior oh wait are we doing I'm if, going we're doing, if we're doing a snake, you're up, man. You get the back-to-backs, and then Junior, junior has to wait since he, he took the stack of Lakers. All right. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. That was, that was a sleeper, to be honest. <laughs> right. um, this one's tough because I, like I, I feel like everybody has the Suns, Jazz, and Lakers in their top three, and then I feel like it's kind of a group of teams together. I want to say I'm going to go with the safe pick here. It's not a risky pick at all. I'll do the safe one. I'm going to go with the Nuggets just because I love the oh, way. Jamal they, Murray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll tell you why. You know who just got an insane contract? Our boy from yeah. Seattle, Michael Porter Jr. And I think he, you know, last year he kept talking I'm the third option, blah, blah, blah. This is dumb. All right. Well, here you go. We're giving you the money and we're giving you all the shots now that Murray's out. So we're going to see what Michael Porter Jr. is made out of. I think he's legit. His jumper is so smooth and he's like 6'8 or 6'9. I think he's going to have... Maybe 6'10. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to have a huge season. Jokic... We talk about him a lot on our podcast. There's not really much more to say other than he's the most versatile big man we've seen in years. There's a reason why he won MVP. He's just unbelievable. Um, and then the last thing I want to see this year out of the Nuggets is more minutes for Bull Bull. Like, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Can one. you guys think of a like a more fun player to watch? No, <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about that as a Somebody who's five foot seven, you know how much I love the the guys that are seven foot six. <laughs> that got handles. And he has handles. That's a thing. Yeah. Like in all these preseason games, like these highlights where you're seeing him like going behind the back, top shot moments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. I love Bobo, man. That uh if he if he plays, man, I'll be surprised though. I, I feel like we've seen too many guys like Bobo try to come in. I mean, like Taco Fall, it was awesome to see his highlights last year, but like what when ended up actually happening? And who was okay, the guy you, who was uh, you're not seeing talk, Taco Fall go coast to coast with the who shooting? Was the guy, people, who was the guy from Gonzaga, man, that was like seven foot six that just couldn't cut it either, man. It's just 
You don't see it unless your name is Yao Ming. It just doesn't translate <laughs> to the NBA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I I see it, but but I still just think that Jokic is so good and and just the Nuggets as a whole, like their system and how they run things. Like everybody's so bought in and they're so team oriented, kind of like the Jazz. That oh, yeah. even without Murray, they're gonna win tons of regular season games. Enough to probably probably pull the four seed for sure. Um, everything just runs through Jokic and Michael Porter. I mean, he he looks phenomenal in a majority of the games last year. Like he he's just pretty streaky. Yeah. Uh, his defense definitely improved. I, I think it was two years ago, and I, it was just – it was tough to watch him play defense. Um, but, I mean, his defense last year definitely improved. And, I mean, does he just take that next step? I mean, they paid him paid him like he, he should. So, But he's fun to watch. I mean, he's a great player. My, Michael Porter Jr.'s defense turned into Tyson's when we would play basketball at the church. <laughs> Tyson used to lock me up. I couldn't score on him. And you would wear the the Chris Paul shoes, huh? It was a game changer. That's why. The CP3 Mardi Gras. So we got Tyson next. So we got the Lakers, Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets all off the board. We got a couple more seeds left. Who are you picking? So this was the team that I almost took with my second pick. It was a toss-up between them and the Suns. So the fact that they made it back to me, uh, this is what I was hoping for. I'm going with a team that I think is a dark horse that could be a top two or three team in the conference. Give me a team that has the best uh, shooter in the history of the NBA. With probably I already know best, where you're going. <laughs> with one of the best supporting players in the history of the NBA and Clay Thompson. By the way, I think there's something else that we're forgetting. Draymond Green, say what you want about him. Junior, I know you know this for sure. I dislike him as much as anybody else does, but the guy knows how to play defense, man. And he, he, he is part of that, that core group between him, Clay, and Steph that have kind of been the nucleus of Golden State and made them one of the powerhouse sports franchises of our, I say, last decade or so. Um, on top of that, so if, if, you know, Clay is coming back late in the season, but the combination of those three with, I think, the depth that they have. James Wiseman, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. I thought he had a good, uh, a good start to, to last season. Junior already mentioned Top Shot uh, earlier. James Wiseman's one of those guys that I'm kind of picking my sleeper picks up on and uh, swooping up as much James Wiseman as I can because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And then if you just look at some of the guys they brought in, they're not game changers, but they are people I think that are, are you know, veterans that have been around, uh, like Otto Porter Jr., Avery Bradley. You bring those guys in just to support, like I said, the best shooter in the league and one of the best, if not the best of all time. Uh, I think the Warriors have what it takes to, to make a regular season push and not have to sweat out the playoffs like they have the last two years. First off, shout out to Top Shot, especially Miles Bridges for <laughs> <laughs> my first ever Top Shot, and I'm still $20 down on what I paid for it. So thank you, Miles Bridges. For that. Um, Hopefully no, Lamella does good this year. <laughs> right. I thought I thought it would be a good buy because Lamelo threw him a behind the back pass to start off the top shot. To be fair, the the price of that moment is up. I think what is it, Junior? Like like thirty or forty dollars in the last like months. Like it's Absolutely. it's trending upwards, man. All right, that's good. I'm 
I'll keep tabs on that. But Tyson, <laughs> I with your take, uh, I do I do agree. I think we're super easy to forget that not only is Steph Curry the best shooter ever unanimously if you say otherwise you just don't watch basketball Mm. um junior but and then clay thompson is the second best shooter ever like this man i said best supporting player ever i don't know if i could go as far as and i don't know if i could even go that far man if you look at guys like rodman or, or pippen but I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's the second best shooter ever, but I would say that the combination of them. If he was on his own team, numbers. maybe. Right, right. Dude, he scored 60 points with what? Like, I know, I know. If, 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 if he was on his own team where, like, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. Like, yeah, at at, at the end see? of the day, at the end of his career, he, I mean. I'm taking Ray Allen or Reggie Miller over Clay Thompson. That's all oh I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. That's just me, we'll man. See. But Clay is a pure shooter, man. That's that's why I, that's why I was so excited to take these guys. And here's the other thing too: uh, we talk about all these guys coming back, but Steph Curry played some of the best basketball that I think any of us have ever seen at the stretch of the end of the last regular season, just to get the Warriors to the playoffs. He was going and, crazy, and he he made it competitive in that in that playoff game. So I just think uh, I think adding not just one, you know, piece and, and Clay Thompson back, but you bring back Wiseman, uh, you know, Draymond Green is maybe healthy and you have, yeah, you have guys. Yeah. I mean, and again, oh, bringing those, those veteran guys, I think that they have the potential <laughs> to make a run, man. I think the Warriors are being slept on a little bit here. No, I, I do agree. I, I do think they're going to be, they're going to be surprising some people. I, I just wonder how, how long it's going to take for Clay to get back in the swing of things. I think he's scheduled to come back in like December or something. Yeah. But yeah, you know, they're going to ease him back so slow, even if he's available. Yeah. But I mean, Steph showed, I mean, he's the greatest shooter. Um, he showed he can carry them to the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of the season left for Clay to get back, but there's something with Draymond, Clay, and Steph that. There's something that just works, and they know how to make it work. That's what I'm um, saying, man. There's something to be said. I'm not going to even compare it to the, you know, the Spurs big three that they had there, but it's just reminiscent of that. Like they have that core group there, and they bring guys in and out. You know, whether it's KD or some some guys like Andre Iguodala, or you know, even this year that Avery mm-hmm. Bradley's out of Porter Juniors. Like, if you put a supporting cast around those three, I think it's fine. But let me flip that real quick. Do you guys think that? if the Warriors dynasty is to continue and they don't get broken up through any, you know, uh, trades or free agency or whatever, do you think that Draymond is still going to be part of that big three as we go forward? Um, I think they like him there. Uh, I I think as long as he wants to stay, he will. And they filled it like they filled their needs at like their bent, like some, bench guys uh that can play defense especially at the small forward position because i feel like he's such a role player like he he kind of fits that just like old school basketball like he's a lockdown defender that just kind of you feel his presence on the court but he's not necessarily someone that's going to go out and score 30 points but when you see these super teams like is draymond a guy that you can roll out there every game and and compete with someone like the nets or the lakers you have to add another like 
you can't yeah, count on KD him as your third scoring option if yeah. that's what you're asking. Yeah, I mean, he, you saw it with KD, but that's what I'm saying is like, can the three of them with, you know, something similar to what the Lakers had for a supporting cast for LeBron, you know, last year, can they can they do it? Because that's why people are sleeping on them. I think is that they, I think people think they can't, but the three of them can't, you know, can't carry a team. But if you bring back that, like, if you remember, I mean. When they were winning, I mean, it wasn't all just their shooting. I mean, it was their defense. Their defense like, was insane, man. That's and so crazy. you bring that back, Steph and Clay. I mean, they're gonna put up sixty together. I mean, that's my biggest question with Clay is, okay, he's been out for two years now, and I feel like he'll be ninety percent or even more than that a little more than that of the shooter that he was pre-injury I don't think he'll lose much of his shooting touch the thing I think I'm concerned about is his perimeter defense which is what was so underrated because he would clamp the other team's best player a guard Draymond would take the big it's that lateral side-to-side movement that you hope, you just pray that he can still have. And if he can't, that's, I think, where we'll see the biggest difference is on the perimeter yeah. defense. Perry, let, just tell me, man, do you think uh, what's the best and the worst-case scenario for the Warriors? Can they, can Dude, they finish top two or three? Or what's the what, best-case scenario? I even wrote this in my notes. Best-case scenario, if Clay comes back and he's looking good, we didn't even talk about Jordan Poole, who at the end of last year was unbelievable and was like almost averaging 20 a game. And they're bringing in, like you said, Avery Bradley, like Iggy's coming back. So I think best case scenario, they could be a top three seed if Clay looks like Clay, like we know Clay is. Because um, Steph, Steph is just going to be more efficient. Like with Clay on the floor, it, Steph isn't going to get worse than he was last year. Mm-mm. Like, it's just going to open up more for him. So he's just going to be better. Um, and then worst case scenario, I think worst case, they're still an eight-seat or higher. I think they're still in. Because think about how bad the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi this year. I think they take the Clippers spot. I know that – I know Junior's not a Warriors fan. It's fun to watch Steph in the playoffs. That's, I'll leave it at that. We got the Warriors off the board, so that's five teams. We'll go to eight. Junior, you mm-hmm. are number six. Uh, who you got? I got the Mavs. Yeah. The Dallas Mavericks. Luke is great. Potentially winning the MVP. I mean, I think he might. I saw a pic I saw the other day a picture of uh Luca going into last season. And going into this season, and he looks ready to roll. And I think uh, Porzingis, I think he's enough. He works well enough for the regular season, yet to be seen if uh, that's going to work in the uh, postseason. He's big. He can he can shoot. Um, all around, they just have a good team. I, I don't know what's really stopping them from. Porzingis, it, Porzingis delivers. Like, I, if he's 75% of the player he was in New York, that's the tough team to beat. I'm just not – I'm not a big fan of Porzingis, but I think he yeah, – I just think he's enough for them to get to the postseason, sneak in there, you know. I think those last few teams, it's going to be really close. There's a survey that just came out um, 
where all the MBA GMs are surveyed on certain questions. And one of the questions was, player, what one player would you want to start a franchise with? And I think Luca just barely beat out Giannis as like the really? number one choice among GMs. Do you guys agree with that? Would you choose if you were to start a franchise and taking in age and all that and injury history and everything, would you guys agree that you would choose Luca right now in like a fantasy draft? Yeah, I mean, you guys know how I feel about I, I feel like the three of us have had this conversation at least 100 times. And every time I always throw Luka Doncic out there for the guy that I would, if I'm building a franchise or like I'm an expansion team, I get one guy to build my team around. It's definitely Luka. I mean, yeah, the guy, how old is he? He's, is it 20, 23? I mean, 22, like he's yeah, young. He's 22 man. or 23. Uh, I mean, you take that, that into account with, with what he's already done. And then, I mean, what can't that guy do? I mean, I know it looks, disgusting when he when he brings the ball up court but he gets it done and he can shoot from absolutely anywhere I mean some of the shots that we saw him make were you know game you know game time-esque I mean they were they were pretty pretty crazy so I'm taking Luca it's close though it's close with Giannis but I I'm taking Luca if I'm starting a franchise up I mean he's a little bit of a liability on defense but at, at, on the other end Giannis yeah, is a little bit of a liability on shooting but I'm also taking Luca. like that's enough to get you through the regular season and I mean you can win with a guy that can't defend and you he's only going to get better like you can only get better yeah I'm going to take Luca as well the one thing I'd counter to that which somebody brought up which I thought was actually a good point I think I would agree to anybody who would argue Luca or Giannis I think you can make an argument for either one Oh, but, yeah. one, but one thing I did hear of somebody who was favoring Giannis and his reasoning picking Giannis over Luca was because Giannis does things that like no other young player does. The defensive versatility that he has and then just how much of a presence and a beast he is down low. I mean, dropping 50 points in an elimination game in the finals. Um, those two things combined, it's harder to get to find somebody that is that tall and that athletic and can do that many things than it is to find like a superior guard. So for example, like right under Luca, if you think about young guards that are really good, there's like a ton of them, like Jason Tatum, Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young. Uh, Young. They all can't defend. Right. That's the thing. Like, they all can't defend. And Giannis is the one who's just as good at defending as he – I mean, his best play from the playoffs was a block, like a game-saving block. Like, so I thought that was a pretty pretty cool way to look at it. Like, and that would be so tough for me. I wouldn't want to be in that position to where I would have to pick. I think you win either way. That's the upside. No matter who you pick there, I think you win. But – with Giannis coming off of winning the championship, I mean, it's hard to go against him. Would he like? Would he have made the finals if the Nets were all healthy, and if the Lakers would have made it to the finals? Would uh, they have? Would he have been able to dominate like he did? I mean, the Suns don't really have anyone to stop him. I don't know. I I still have some questions. He still can't shoot. 
if the Suns would have had anybody to stop him, I mean. But who does besides the Lakers? The I mean, maybe the Nets. Not saying not not saying KD would stop him, but they have they have the firepower, and KD would definitely wear out Giannis a little more than anyone on the Suns. Yeah. Giannis was just laying back in the paint, you know. I mean, KD was a was a if he were one size smaller shoe, they would have been in the finals. Who's the better scorer, do you think, Dame or Luca? Who's the better what? Just a better pure score. Dame or pure Luka. score, Dame. But better all around, Luca. But if you're just saying a guy like, hey, go one-on-one, and they're both two of the top three, I would say, clutchest players in the league, Dame and Luca. All right, no, I, I do like that pick, Junior. I think the Mavs, like a lot of teams, kind of in this four to six or seven range, especially in the stacked West, I think they're one player away from really being something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one like, yeah, like superstar or not, not yeah, superstar, I'm going to say. All right, Tyson, so we're to the seventh seed. We Just so you know, we have the Lakers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, Mavs, and Warriors all off the board. I'm really torn here, man. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you which two teams I'm I'm stuck between. I, I think I've got my decision made, but do you want me to tell you what the toss-up is, Perry, or just go with the the initial one? Just say the initial one and then who, right, man. who you right. were thinking of too. So I'm gonna go with uh I'm going with the Timberwolves, man. I, uh, oh <laughs> I'm going with the Timberwolves, and here's why, man. I think, I think there's a a deadly uh, a deadly combination in the NBA that hasn't quite hit its full potential yet, and that's I think Anthony Edwards was I'm just going to come out and say it was completely robbed of getting uh, Rookie of the Year last year. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Anthony Anthony Edwards I think has a very promising uh, uh, future in the NBA. And I think that now that he's got that first season under his belt, I, I, I hope to see him progress even further and, and, you know, really kind of step up for that, you know, that organization. Also, I'm not giving up on, on these two guys. I think Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell still have some gas in the tank. I think that Carl Anthony Towns, would you, would you, where would you classify him? I'd say he's a top, at least top seven center in the league, man. I mean, top five, like, He's he's up there in my opinion, man. He can he can score from from all over the court too, man. Uh, and then my bias is coming in here with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he went to the Ohio State, and I think that we're gonna just see uh, a promising. He has he has not really meshed, I think, with a lot of these teams that you've seen him with. When he was with the Nets, I feel like he just started to kind of get cooking, but then they completely turned over the roster for the super team you see now. So I'm gonna go with that sleeper team, and I think I told you guys this ahead of time, but. Uh, I think that new new ownership uh, is a good thing sometimes, and I think that we're going to see uh, we're going to see a lot of changes from the top down as far as culture go, led by Mark Lore and uh, former Yankees third baseman Alex Rodriguez. I think that we're going to see some top down culture change that's going to positively uh, impact the performance on the court as well. So I'm going with the Wolves for my uh, my kind of bubble sleeper uh, playoff contender here. Junior, <laughs> just just. Or are we are we cutting this part out? Just to put this in perspective, real quick. <laughs> Last year, the Timberwolves finished as the 13th seed. 
with a record of 23 and 49. The only addition they had this offseason that is worth mentioning is Patrick Beverly. The team that we're not gonna didn't talk have about D'Angelo Russell last year, though. I'm not talking about A Rod, dude. Like, he's not going to do anything. But they didn't have D'Angelo Russell last year. So, right. Okay, we'll give him okay. that. So, even if you do that, okay. So, they went 23 and 49. The eighth seed last year were the Grizzlies, and they went 38 and 34. So, you're saying that you think the Timberwolves are going to win at least 15 more games this year than they won last year? I think they have two really young and up and coming guys. I mentioned Carl and I mean, I mentioned Carl Anthony Towns, who I still think has it. I mentioned, you know, D Russ, who I still think has it, but yeah, they have Anthony Edwards, who, like I said, I think is probably had the best rookie season last year. He just didn't have the, the flash or the, the press that LaMelo got, but also Jaden McDaniels, I think also at the end, of last, at the end of last year, that's what I'm saying is I think that with the two of those guys, I can only imagine that the ceiling goes up a little bit. And then again, uh, with just some of those, those veteran guys that they have junior said, like they brought in, you know, D rust late. I think it goes to say when you lose and you lose and you lose there, there is something to be said with, with the culture there. And so I think new ownership could be a, you know, a good thing. And again, you know, my bias is coming in here, but that may play a factor here. <laughs> I see them making a, I see them making a jump for sure. Um, uh, I don't, I don't quite think it's going to be enough to get them, uh, in the playoffs or really that close to the playoffs, but both um, of my, both of my teams were sleepers. <laughs> Do you want the other one here, Barry? Yeah. Who are the other, who is the other team you're thinking? It was really close between them and the Pelicans and it was just the, the faith in Zion. That was all it was, but yeah, I like the Timberwolves pressure. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. It was close, but I like both of these teams. One of them is getting in this year. I think it's the Wolves. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I do. I do think there is a good core. I mean, if you have three, I think a lot of teams would be happy to have three players as talented as Russell, Cat, and Edwards. But um, that is great on the offensive end, but that is zero defense. Jane McDaniels doesn't have lockdown defense either. So I see what you're saying, but. I mean, he's, he actually looked pretty good on the defense. Shout to out honest. to Jaden McDaniels from Federal Way. Um, one of yeah, his he best, did not look good at UW. One of his best, uh, most well-known high school highlights is throwing it to himself off the backboard against Enumclaw where we all went to school. All right, Tyson, we'll, we'll see you at the end of the season or even halfway through how that. Well, we'll come back to this podcast, man, and, and y'all can pound stand. <laughs> All right. So for the last seed, we'll talk about the eighth seed. This one's tough for, for me because I feel like there's three teams you can make an argument for um, for this last seed, mainly being the Pelicans, Clippers, and Grizzlies. No Blazers? Oh, shoot. We didn't talk about the Blazers. I thought the Blazers were already off. Then definitely the Blazers. No, I took, um, the, I took the Timberwolves. Remember that. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I, I just thought you would have taken the Blazers. I mean, logically, but, uh, yes, but I, we had to make a bold prediction. But, okay, so, yeah. So, for the last seed, I will go with the Blazers. Um, they finished the sixth seed last year. Uh, they added... Larry Nance Jr., who I actually think is a more underrated 
pickup than people are giving him credit for. Tony Snell, who had uh, one of the best three-point percentages in the league. Uh, Cody Zeller, who played for the Hornets, I think he's underrated as well. And so we've heard all the drama with Dame and him staying or going, and I still think Dame kind of gets undermined. I really do think he's a for sure top 10 player in the league. And it's like, if you think about the game last year against the Nuggets where they lost, but he just like scored every single point down the stretch. And Everyone on their team was struggling, but he just, he just willed them. They're, they have a new coach this year, Chauncey Billups, his first year coaching. So I think that could give him some motivation and the only thing I'm still concerned about is just how atrocious their defense was. And I don't see with the additions that they made that it's going to be a huge step in the right direction um, as far as the defensive end. Do you guys think that Dame is also a dark horse MVP candidate? I feel like he kind of always has been the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Dame time, man. I mean, what, what we saw in every game – you know, down, down the stretch of the playoffs. I mean, those, those shots were, were incredible. And the, the guy has to be, we talked about the Luca Dame comparison. I mean, the guy has to be one of the, the top three scores, top five scores in the league, just, just when it comes to having to put the team on your back, man. But the biggest thing for me is uh, if you remember, man, when the, the Blazers were kind of that team that was on the rise, I think a lot of it comes down to CJ McCollum too. Like, CJ McCollum and Dame at the beginning, I thought were one of the best kind of one-two punches, uh, you know, stacking up next to, to Steph and, uh, you know, Clay. So I think it just comes down to what, what Dame's supporting cast can do, uh, you know, when it comes to the Blazers. They lost Carmelo. I know he's not a, you know, a 20 or 30 point a game kind of guy, but, you know, he came up big for them and especially off the bench in the playoffs. So I think the Blazers are going to be in trouble this year unless somebody else like McCollum uh, can step up. I think also, too, a huge thing that has really heated their potential has been uh, Nurkic always being injured. Because whenever Nurkic is whenever Nurkic is healthy and McCollum, when McCollum, Lillard, and Nurkic are all healthy at the same time, they play really well, and they can beat anyone just because they can score so much. But that's a big if. Like, he's, he's always been hurt. I mean, uh, if Junior's as confident as he is that Dame's going to the Lakers – put a put a dagger in portland i mean i have i have them at the the seven seed um i think something about portland and they always find a way to make it into the playoffs i I don't i don't know how many years it's felt like that they just sneak into the playoffs i'm not confident that he's going to the lakers but i i know the lakers were trying to trying to get lillard in the offseason and they've settled for Westbrook, which is great. I would think it's still on their mind to try to get Lillard, but now they have an extra piece, a better piece to send to Portland. That's a big if. The Blazers, they always make it in the playoffs somehow. And we have to we have to bring this up before right before we end, and we're talking about the Blazers. Ben Simmons. Do you, if you're the Blazers, let's say start of the season's going rough, Ben, St- ben Simmons is still 
just not showing any interest at all and in ever putting on a jersey again for the 76ers. Do you offer McCollum and some draft picks for Simmons? No. 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 And it's not even necessarily that I'm out on Ben Simmons. It's just I feel like the reason that Ben Simmons has a chance in the NBA is his ability to bring the ball up and force the defense to to, to, to man up because he can he can take anyone to the rim. But I think what makes Dame so dangerous is the same thing is he brings the ball up and nobody knows how to guard him. So right. what do you do? Do you take the ball out of Dame's hands and he becomes CJ McCollum, you know, just setting up in the corner? I, I think with, with some teams, it could work out to bring someone like Simmons in. But if I'm Portland, you know, your point, your point guard's Dame and your entire offense, I think, depends on him. And I, I, I think you have to make a decision on who do you want to facilitate the ball, Damian Lillard or, or Ben Simmons, because they're both not as effective if they're not the ones doing that. Junior, who, what team right now, as currently constructed, do you think is the best fit for Ben Simmons? Shanghai Sharks? Um, the best fit for Ben Simmons? Like, what, what team would you think would be most exciting to see him on? The Clippers. Oh, that's but a good one. I at the same that. time, I don't need I. Or is Kawhi's days done in L.A. as a Clipper? I know they had that big. Uh, I don't know what ended up coming up of it, but when he was injured in the postseason, it was kind of like the same deal that that he had in with the Spurs, where he was mad at the medical staff or. Right. or whatever did you, did you guys hear about that yeah i heard he was yeah same thing just displeased with how they handled it and and now i'm hearing that is like he's not supposed to come back as soon as they were initially expecting just like what happened with the spurs so seeing the know, trends here yeah it, is, it right. seems like it just keeps happening so he might be on his way out it's i want to throw one team in there can you imagine this and like how I mentioned, I think that the Dame is crazy when he has the ball and he he runs the offense that way. I think Steph Curry is incredible that way. But Steph Curry also, if you watch a Warriors game, you know, from start to finish, watching that guy just get open off ball is insane. So adding someone like Ben Simmons to someone like the Warriors where they could spread the floor with Steph and play and maybe add one more shooter to that, that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be that's the team that I would want to see him on out of any team, just because of exactly what you said. Like, because Steph and Clay, as good as they are, uh, well, especially Steph, as good as he is with the ball in his hands, he's just as good off ball. So, I would say as good as any player in the league at getting open off ball. Like, yeah, both guy, him and Clay are. Yeah. Dude, and yeah, but about, what makes him so they, dangerous is with him with the ball in his hands. Like, I mean that's what that's what keeps teams on their on their heels. But also you could use you could put Simmons in the Draymond role and use Simmons as the screener for Steph a lot too. Oh yeah, you you get rid of Draymond it, like if Draymond's in the trade, that it's it literally be... just an upgrade from Tray from Draymond because yeah, that would be a the... phenomenal fit. You think that Ben Simmons is an upgrade from Draymond? Yeah, he's already he's already last year he's one of the best, if not the I mean not the best, but 
he was the top three defender in the league. Do you think the Warriors would ever do that? I, I think he can create it, create a sh- like create opportunities for his players better than Draymond can. It was kind of the point of the question I asked earlier. It was like, if you could bring someone else in, like, does Draymond stick there? Because that's I always I the way I was picturing it was the floor. But yeah, I mean, I guess if you have Draymond and Ben on the floor, that makes it tough to to kind of spread things out. But on I, defense, they would be suffocating with those four. But they, I think I would rather have a lineup with one would have to come off the bench. Right. So right. I also have Wiseman too. Yeah. I would rather have if I had Simmons on my team, my starting lineup would be Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Simmons, and Wiseman. Dude, that lineup would be freaking Yeah, you don't have a true big in there, but everybody's huge on your roster, man. I mean, yeah, Wiseman's seven foot. Yeah, I just think it would be so interesting to see to see that. Last question I want to ask you guys before we go. I saw a post today where it had Trey Young in a Lakers jersey and it had Giannis in a Warriors jersey. And I thought this was a very obvious answer, but I want to ask you guys, which one would make more impact? Giannis Giannis on the Warriors or Trey Young on the Lakers? Giannis. I think it's Giannis and Stunning Close. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because <laughs> Trey Young, like, he's unbelievable. I lo- you know, I love Trey Young, but I mean, everything we just talked about the Warriors, I mean, you add someone like Giannis to that equation, that's. That's like the number one fit is that's, Giannis. That's, that's unstoppable. Yeah, he's like, the number I mean, one upgrade over Draymond. Like, <laughs> right. That would be so crazy to see that. And it's kind of sad that we already did see that with KD. Yeah. And then that's already happened. Uh, I know there's some teams that we didn't even mention, and it's because we don't have enough time. Um, They're all terrible. Right. Remember those Timberwolves, baby. <laughs> and teams uh, we shouldn't have talked about. Right. It's sad that we talked about the Timberwolves instead of the Pelicans <laughs> or the Grizzlies, but that's all right. But I really appreciate you guys being on. We'll definitely make sure to, to get you back on here, Dane during the year. Tyson or Junior, is there any last words you guys want to say or go hot? Tyson, you got anything? Send him love from Nebraska, man. <laughs> All for listening. Thank you guys for being on and uh, another episode. We'll see you all next week.